International House of Horrors. Guests, and welcome back to the International House of Horrors podcast, your sanctuary of spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre. I am one of your curators here at the house, Joe Merle. And I'm here to present you a special episode of the Josh is Hungover <laughs> episode. So <laughs> I'm Josh. <laughs> and, um, it, it's it's going to be a fun episode anyway, but yeah, I'm, uh, Joe loves these, loves these episodes when I'm hungover and like... <laughs> I love the Josh's yeah. hungover episode. It's so funny because on both shows I get two different sides. Sometimes I'll get Phil who had too many beers, <laughs> and then sometimes I'll get Josh the day after too many beers. Yeah. It's like a great balance between things. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what were you doing? Uh, what were you doing last night? Any kind of uh, anything fun, exciting, big party? Well, yeah, my my sister was uh, having a birthday party, and so uh, oh, nice. Yeah. And nice. I, they 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 wanted me to get drunk the the whole evening, so I decided I'm gonna do it. Fuck it, go all in. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Exactly. And now is she is she older, younger sister? Uh, she's younger. She's a year younger. Oh. So yeah. Oh, okay. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Josh's <laughs> sister, and thank you for getting Josh hammered so that we can do an episode with hungover, yeah. hungover Josh. <laughs> and before Tons I went of fun, to uh, be, before before I went to the birthday party, I actually uh, went to the. Um, I, I just wanted to throw that out there really quick. I went to a, a film. Uh, uh, I I don't know what to call it, but it's like they there's sellers there selling banned movies and horror movies of all kinds. I spent around a hundred bucks on horror movies, and nice. I'm, I'm now finally the proud owner of a Serbian film. <laughs> Gross <laughs> on DVD. And I, I know you're gonna be on a watch list, man. The FBI is looking at you now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I got so many movies that I'm interested in. Also, uh, the um, the is it the Devil Rides Out? That's, yeah, that's coming up on our um, 101 to watch yeah. before you die horror movies. Yeah, I saw that one when you sent me the picture over. I was like, oh, sweet, he found a copy. Yeah. No, so was it was it like a like a flea market or a little convention? It, or? it was like a convention, basically. Yeah, they also okay. had like a few screenings. And uh, uh, I think uh, at, at later on when I was gone already, they also had like a... Um, uh, uh, what's <laughs> There's hangover Josh coming in here. I can't <laughs> think of any words. Uh, they they had like a quiz where you could win uh, stuff. Uh, oh, nice! Like a trivia. Yeah, exactly. Trivia event. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Was there a lot of people there? Good yeah, turnout? it was. It was really full. Like it. It was almost annoying because like if you wanted to look for movies, you had to really like there. There was always someone coming in your way, also standing at the shelf looking uh, at the movies. Everybody trying to get the good stuff. Was it yeah. only one day? Yeah. So everybody was there trying to. Yeah. So everybody was there trying to get in. Get all the good stuff before it was gone. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I spent a hundred bucks just on movies, which is crazy, but I'm I'm not mad about any of them. I also like found Cannibal Ferox. That's like one of the first Mondo movies, I think. Yeah. Uh, for it, it that is completely that is not just like usually when we talk about bad movies in Germany, usually that means like they are not allowed to sell them openly. But this is one together with a Serbian film and also the original I Spit on Your Grave, I think. Uh 
they're not just the normal band. They're like, if you're a seller and you sell these movies, you're gonna get a fine or go gonna go to jail. Right, right. And so I found three of those movies <laughs> at that uh, thing because I think they're just like they don't really care about it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's one of those things, you know. Like, do you allocate your, you know police type resources to yeah. stopping someone from buying a movie when there's probably bigger things you could be spending the the government's dollars on yeah. <laughs> as opposed to someone buying a movie. Exactly. Cannibal Ferox is cool though. I for years I thought it was Cannibal Pharaoh. I was saying it wrong for so many years. <laughs> I think it was uh Summy. Sometimes Phil had corrected me on that one cuz he had watched it. It's a cool cannibal movie. Okay. It's um I watched a yeah, trailer yesterday with my dad next to me and my dad was like he he, he just I felt like he was going to leave soon. <laughs> yeah, like get the fuck out of here. This is uh No, it's it's good. I don't think it's quite as good as Cannibal Holocaust, but I mean those two I think are two of the biggest ones yeah. uh, out there as far as quality and sure or sure shock value. Like the overall Shock value. And then I spit on your grave. I like that cover for the one that you got. I'd never seen a cover like that. That's cool. Yeah, it looks good. Very different. And this uh, this looks like it's a bootleg. So it's like there's no official. That's not an official version. There's like no barcode or anything on it. It's uh, Yeah, because the girl on the cover didn't even look like the girl in the movie. I didn't <laughs> so, even know if it was. The, I didn't even know if it was the same movie. Like so, if it was the, the, the same I spit on your grave. <laughs> That's the. I, I hope it is the the right one. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch at least most of them. Uh, maybe I'll watch a few today because I don't do anything after we are done recording. <laughs> yeah, just hang out, relax, lay down, drink lots of water, hydrate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get some food in you and call it good. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's all right. let's get into uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone. Yeah. Let's let's do it, man. Um, today we've got episode thirty three from season one. It was directed by William Asher, written by Rod Serling. The title is Mr. Beavis. And this one is super interesting in that this is one of the only the few instances where we get the different intro with the actual like human eye. The, yeah, the, I was really surprised. Yeah, it's it's completely different. It's shorter. And Much shorter. Yeah. And I, th I want to say they only use that a handful of times. Like we'll only see this like three or four times maybe total this this different intro and i don't know if they were just testing the water and it didn't land very well or why they didn't stick with it but it's it's so i mean it's so different that it surprised me seeing yeah. it again like yeah. it's not there enough <laughs> to where it's even really memorable but when you see it you're like oh shit this is different this is weird yeah maybe um, maybe this is like something uh because i think if you uh now netflix has ruined that completely but uh, before netflix they were always like you had to have these exact run times to get the movie uh, to get the episode done and anything over it would be a problem so maybe with this one they had so much footage that they wanted to keep in that they had to do a shorter intro to fit it into the same time slot oh that's a good theory maybe that, I, I mean that makes sense i've, I've heard that about the sense. simpsons like they sometimes have these shorter intros and sometimes the much longer that's just because they have uh, they want to do the the full episode and uh, then they decide to just do a shorter intro to get it uh, right to the right point maybe that's and the you same know what um speaking of which one day we should do a treehouse of horrors episode some yes. of our favorite treehouse of horrors episodes oh, yes, i think that, that would be like a good idea yeah that'd be fun maybe this halloween coming up we can do that since you always get the new one uh, maybe we can do you know like a top 10 and then talk about the new one that just came out that, that'd be fun that sounds like a good idea yeah let's let's uh, plan on that <laughs> All right, but for now, we're going to talk about the Twilight Zone, and I said it, um, I said the air date already, yeah. so 
They'll do the opening narration, which is uh, this is a big opening narration. <laughs> so it'll give you time to drink some water and uh, yeah, try and compose yourself a little bit. All right, so here's the opening narration for Mr. Beavis. In the parlance of the 20th century, this is an oddball. His name is James B.W. Beavis, and his tastes lean towards stuffed animals, zither music, professional football, Charles Dickens, mooseheads, carnivals, dogs, children, and young ladies. Mr. Beavis is an accident prone, a little vague, a little discombobulated, with a life that possesses all the security of a floating crap game. But this can be said of our Mr. Beavis. Without him, without his warmth, without his kindness, the world would be a considerably poorer place, albeit perhaps a little saner. Should it not be obvious by now, James B. W. Beavis is a fixture in his own private, optimistic, hopeful little world, a world which has long ceased being surprised by him, James B. W. Beavis, on whom Dame Fortune will shortly turn her back, but not before she gives him a paste in the mouth. Mr. James B. W. Beavis, just one block away from the Twilight Zone. That, that is long, yeah. <laughs> And it, it, yeah. it felt like... I, I mean, I'm not as crazy as him, but in, in parts I felt almost personally attacked from that opening. Just like, wh what do you mean? It's, it's bad to like those kind of things? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it sets up the, the, the opening narration, really sets off the, the payoff and I think the message of the episode. Yeah. Because it does, you're right, it seems very, you know, overbearing. Like you're getting all this stuff kind of shouted at you. So we get into the episode, though, and we've got uh, Beavis, who, played by Orson Bean, does a great job playing this character. And we see him right from the onset. Very friendly guy. Everybody really likes this guy. You know, the kids in the neighborhood, he's leaving his apartment in the morning, and this one kid's like, why wouldn't you? And so he's like, you're right, why wouldn't I? And he jumps on the the railing, the the banister coming down um, the stairs. <laughs> and just slides and he down. Goes, <laughs> Not only slides down, but shoots out into the street. He like tumbles, tumbles head over oh, heel, yes. and he goes, it goes backwards. Uh, which was a great. Uh, whoever did that stunt did a good job too, because I mean, he really like launched himself yeah. in a, a a backward somersault over these stairs. And we we see this guy really likes, or everybody really likes this guy. Yeah, you know, even though um, I don't know if the The landlady? No, she doesn't like him, him and his get... boss. They don't. They don't like him. Like they are really because they they need something from him that he doesn't give them because for right. her he doesn't pay the rent. His boss, <laughs> right. yeah, he comes late to work. He doesn't do his work really, uh, I guess. And yeah, yeah. so he do, he he does his work, but he wants to play music. He wants to bring in kids to sing Christmas carols, yeah. and so Beavis is kind of the you know, epitome of a free spirit, I guess, for lack of a better term. And his boss and his landlady are against him in almost every way. And the, the apartment thing, I understand. Like, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta pay your rent if you're going to live there. And with the boss though, the boss, he kind of remind me of the boss from time enough at last, like <laughs> the same way that he was with, uh, Burgess Meredith. Oh, when he's yes. like, oh, you, you're you're always lost in fantasy. You're always doing this. Where I need you to do this. Yeah. Um. So then Beavis has a really bad day. You know, he he goes, he loses his job. He's gonna get kicked out of his apartment. His car breaks down, which is a super old model. You know, and he's he's got this really old Rittenbacher, I think is what they yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, I think a Rickenbacker. Yeah. Yeah, he's got this old Rickenbacker and. 
Um, like everything is going against Beavis, and but it's, see, somehow he still maintains this level of cheer for the most part. But then he goes to the bar and he pulls a Josh and he starts getting hammered. He's like, "I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to drink all my sorrows away." Um, so the bartender keeps lining up drinks, and that's when he he looks in a mirror behind the bar, sees a gentleman in the mirror, turns around, and the guy's not there. You yeah, know, looks again, sees him, turns around, the guy's not there, and then the, and he the guy in the mirror see a guy there. That that guy is also like uh, waving to him and like yeah, so like he, hey, come over here. Yeah, and he wants to go over, and then there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that 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 other guy is by the way uh, Henry Jones, um, and he he seemed kind of familiar. So I looked him up again, and he is uh, uh, the um, in Bad Seed. He's the uh, Leroy. The, uh, oh, the housekeeper, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, he's got a very unique voice. Yeah, like uh, yeah, like almost kind of raspy and dry <laughs> a little bit. Um, so he, so they sit down together, and uh, Henry Jones is quick to tell him, like, "Hey, I'm your guardian angel." Like somewhere in your past, in the long line of Beavises, someone did uh, a great thing, so you were assigned it. And I love all the different pictures. Yeah. On the yeah, this was one of the really fun episodes all throughout. Like yeah. they, they did some, they did some fun tricks, like with the guy in the mirror and then not sitting there. And then yeah, and uh, when the pictures just change, and it's it's always him just like looking a bit different because yeah, right, it's it's clearly it's clearly Orson Bean the whole time, but he's like this is Napoleon Beavis and he. He, you know, he did this, and then here's General whoever Beavis. All these people throughout history who had done yeah. done great things uh, due to their the help of their their guardian angels. They're the ones who deserve it. Yeah, exactly. And so he tells him, him and this guardian angel make an agreement, and he's like, "I'm going to give you the better life, you know, the life that you want." And Beavis goes out the next day. He sees his landlady and she's like, oh, I got all your rent. You're so wonderful, Mr. Beavis. Three weeks in advance. He goes to his job and everybody's like, oh, hi, Mr. Beavis. And his car's out there. No, at, at his that. job, they don't. That's uh, that's one of the points. Usually when he gets in, everyone uh, is always like, hey, hi. And this time yeah. he, he goes in and he's... Oh, no, his boss. Yeah, his it, boss was the only oh, one who's like, Beavis gets a raise. Yeah, and was, exactly. Like, yeah. He's the best. Yeah, but he works... He he walks in and he still, of course, uh, thinks, yeah, I'm the, uh, uh, I'm I'm still the old guy, right? Everything is normal, and so he goes in and wants to say hi to everyone there, just basically ignoring him, kind of feeling almost attacked that he's saying hi. Uh, because yeah, he's more in line with the boss now. Yeah, he's yeah, he's kind of underneath the boss. So we see that his whole perception in the world, or everyone else's perception of him, has changed. Yeah. And so he, and I'm trying to think where we moved on from that. I just watched this. I mean, I just watched it this morning. Um, so does he go, he goes back to the bar? I think uh, he goes back to the bar. Yeah, because he, on the one hand, yeah, uh, he is, uh, he now has the things he needs. Like he has money, he got a raise, his apartment is good. Got his car back. Yeah, but he, he got another car as well. Like he got a, right. a, a, a normal sports car and he's like, what? No, I don't want this. And yeah. uh, that's the problem that all the time throughout he's... Um, not very happy with the changes because like he can't play with the kids the kids don't he can't uh, listen to his music yeah and there's yeah. um cuz i think he even tells him like you're not the kind of person anymore who listens to that music yeah, yeah exactly yeah and uh his whole the whole stuff on his uh, on his desk is of course gone like it's now completely tidy and he feels like well everything is gone <laughs> 
Uh, this isn't who I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he goes uh, back to the bar and uh, drinks again this time because, yeah, he he doesn't feel happy with the happiness he got. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. And so they turn uh, and then he uh, speaks to his guardian angel again. And, uh, and the guardian angel even told him, like, I'm not used to working with people like you. Who would rather be in this place, you know, kind of a lighthearted place. I'm looking for more driven people yeah. who who want nothing but the success. And they, he doesn't even really say that's a bad thing either. No. He's just like, I'm not used to this. Yeah. I'm not used to, to someone like you. And that's when Beavis says, well, I want my old life back. Like, I'd rather be the way I was because I was happy. Even if I didn't have all the material possessions, I'm still happy where I was. Yeah, exactly. And so he gets everything back with like... With a few perks, though, I guess. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if they if they cleared up uh, the thing about the rent because I think they didn't. Well, he has still paid it for like uh, so. Uh, yeah, it was still paid, and then you see Beavis parked in front of a fire hydrant. Yeah, and the cop is like, "We don't take kindly to that around here." People f and the the fire hydrant disappears, and then it's you know two cars down. Yeah, which really fucked the over car. the other guy. Well, it wasn't right. The police car. Oh, it was the police car. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. And and then Beavis looks up and he's like, oh, you're still kind of looking out for me. So even though he didn't accept the brand new life, he's still, you know, the guardian angel is watching out for him and allowing him to live his life with maybe a little bit of help, but not a complete change. Yes. Yeah, so, that's it, man. Yeah, it's, it's a fun episode. I really enjoyed this. And also at the end with the uh, with the fire hydrant, there's another one of those uh of those uh, tricks, uh, camera tricks, where like the, the fire hydrant just disappears and appears somewhere yeah. else. And, like they have a few of those in this episode that I really enjoy, especially because like still at the time this was uh, probably some great trickery that they did. Right, people were like, "Wow, look at that! It's movie magic." Yeah. And this episode, to your point, I really enjoy in that it it's a very lighthearted episode. There's no big, you know. A uh, traumatic twist at the end. Yeah, it's and a little bit similar to last week. A passage for trumpet, where it took you know realizing where he was at. Even though in this one, whereas with passage for trumpet, he was a drunk trying to drink his way through and kind of came out at that. Beavis just he was he was shown the other side and he was just so happy with where he was. Yeah, and I think there's a good message there in that you know be who you are. Yeah, don't try and be someone else to please others. Be who you are, no matter what that is. If you're comfortable there, then that's who you are, and you should try to be that person all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, want to do the closing narration? Yeah, I'll do the closing narration. We'll move on to the main topic for today. Mr. James B.W. Beavis, who believes in a magic all his own, the magic of a child's smile, the magic of liking and being liked, the strange and wondrous mysticism that is the simple act of living, Mr. James B. W. Beavis, species of 20th century male who has his own private and special Twilight Zone. Next week, we've got The After Hours, which is in my top 10. Oh, for sure. That, that yeah, sounds it's a good one. Can't wait. I remember, I remember the first time seeing it. So if you are following along The After Hours, even if you're not following along, I highly encourage you to check out this episode because it's... Um, it's a good one. It's cool. And it's, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Very cool. Uh, all right. So main topic of the day. And you kind of picked up some of these movies. 
some of the more rare, obscure <laughs> horror movies. Uh, we're not looking at the rare and obscure, but we're looking at specifically some underrated things. Yeah, things that we think are maybe not even underrated. I also went just for movies that I don't think I've heard anyone really talk about, or just like in in very small circles. But movies that are not really talked about. Oh, there at you all. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you're right. Because some of these, when I was making my list, have high ratings. Yeah, P they're, people they're who just, have seen them love them, but not many. Right, people they're have just seen not them. discussed very much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good way to put it. So not talked about horror movies. I don't know how we'll phrase that for a title, yeah, but we'll, you can, we'll find a way. <laughs> we'll figure. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about, uh, I made a list of 10. I didn't put them in any kind of an order. Yeah, me neither. I, uh, I, I made like, I went through my letterbox. I, I looked at all the movies that I've watched, all the horror movies, sorted them by popularity and started at the bottom and just looked nice. through like the, the least popular movies that I've seen and uh, picked the ones that I really, really liked and really want to talk about. And that's how I got And I'll to be interested to see if we have any of the, the same stuff on our list. Yeah. I am interested to see if we're, we're going to have any crossover. Like last week, I knew there would be some crossover. Oh, and a follow-up from last week. I can't believe I forgot to put Critters on my list. I love Critters. As a creature feature, little alien porcupine monster-looking things that form into a giant ball and run over people. I, I It's amazing. I love Critters, yeah, so I want to make sure I put that out there. Critters th uh, 3 is the one uh, that started yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, he was a very young uh, young boy in that one, and Critters 3 is okay. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> it's fine, but Critters 1 and 2 is where it's at. If you want to watch Critters, watch those first two. They're I a good time. will at some point because I also haven't seen those. <laughs> because oh, I man, you got to. I haven't to. seen any movies. But and they just because <laughs> I haven't seen any movies. <laughs> but <laughs> finally, I, <laughs> he admits the truth. <laughs> but I have seen one movie that you haven't watched, and that's going to be my first movie on my rec on my <coughs> list of movies that uh, are underseen, I guess. And that's one that I actually got the chance to see in theater uh, on Friday night on Valentine's Day. I went to the theater all by myself and watched Phantom of the Paradise. Yes, which. Oh my god, this movie is so much fun. It's <laughs> it's uh, similar to Rocky Horror Picture Show, but completely different on the other hand. It's one that I have been meaning to watch for, I feel like, probably a year now, if not longer. Who told me about it? Someone had told me about it, and they were like, you gotta watch this thing from the 70s. And I know it popped up again when we did our horror musical episode. Yeah. And we had, we had talked about it, so it's one I've heard about so many times. I just, um, yeah, haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's um, uh, it's the first movie of Jessica Harper, who is probably better, oh, better yeah, known Suspiria? as... Oh, yeah, Suspiria? Yeah, she, it's, well, yeah, it was her very first movie. It says introducing her. And uh, she's, of course, best known, I guess, for... Uh, uh, what's, what's it called? Suspiria is the name. Suspiria, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also in a in a uh, starring role Paul Williams, who is more known for his music. Actually, he wrote all the songs in the in the film, and he also like he wrote Rainbow Connection for the Muppets. And oh, he's, nice! He's like, uh, yeah, he he was uh, he is a big uh, music guy, and he plays like this big producer uh, that steals another guy's uh, work. And by the way, uh, if you haven't guessed it from the title, this is basically. Um, uh, the same plot as Phantom of the Paradise, uh, of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, but yeah. like put into a complete new context and it's really fun. And it's it's different enough that it's not like the exact same movie. It's just um, 
you can see the the inspiration from uh, the original movie. And okay, right on. Yeah, it also got elements of uh wait, what what did they say? What you, you can actually see it very well in the movie. It's got uh, uh inspiration by uh, uh Caligari. They they have a scene that looks exactly like one that they shot in the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, uh, right on. They also have like a bit of Frankenstein in there, a bit of uh um Uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Like there's many, many things they are putting in there. They are referencing and it's, it's really so much fun. You should watch it. And as a special uh, cameo, and I only found that out afterwards is that there is, there is a special cameo. And now I sent you a clip before we started. That's the introduction yeah. of the movie. Play that, please. We don't have to play okay. it all. I just want to hear if you can guess yeah. who cameos in this. You don't have okay, to see anything. So here we go. Yeah. I'm going to play this clip and we'll see what's, uh, Swan. He has no other name. His past is a mystery. Rod Serling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rod Serling does the opening narration of this movie. Oh, and I'm even so I'm kind of watching it a little bit too, and you can see so many others that he once tried to deposit. Like almost like a Twilight Zone thing. You just have this image slowly rotating. He brought Liverpool to America. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, you'll have to watch it because I think you'll really enjoy it. It's I, I, it's been on my list, like I said, for a while, and I do want to see it. I really want to watch this movie and see what it's all about. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so excited that they are, that they showed this at the, at the theater. Like, it was, once again, we were like five people in the whole theater, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, you know, just hang out with a couple people in there and... And enjoy it. Now, was it in English or was it yeah, a German they, dub? They always it was do like uh, original version, but with German subtitles. So that's that's. So really now, good. so now, everyone of your generation, do most people speak enough English to go to watch an English speaking movie? I mean, is it, you said you learned it in school? Is it yeah. pretty commonplace in school? Uh, yeah, we we all learn it in school by now. Um, I I know lots of people who don't like watching movies in English because they say yeah, it's too. Uh, they they don't they can't completely follow it, but I think. Every one of us would be able to watch an English-speaking movie yeah. like of my generation. Most would be able to. It would be maybe harder for them to uh, completely get it. Well, I'm probably with some like slang and stuff yeah, like that exactly. that's not traditional. Like to watch a Tarantino movie where the dialogue is super fast <laughs> yeah. and you know talking about weird like obscure pop culture shit yeah, all exactly. throughout the movie. But, okay, that uh, makes sense. But yeah, for for the most part, I think we would all be able to like watch movies in English. But what also like everything is dubbed over here, and that's a bit of a problem because um, in in dubbed movies, everyone speaks much clearer. So that was a thing that I really had uh, needed to to learn when I started watching movies in English or in the original language uh, altogether. It it isn't as as clear as it is uh, in in the German versions because it's often live sound in the uh, in in the original versions, and that uh, that is a problem if you can't fully understand them because you're used to like studio quality of like the people right, talking. Right, right. I so, see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so so Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, and awesome. Oh, it's it's also we. I should add. I don't th know if we talked about that when we talked about the movie uh, shortly. It's uh, directed by Brian De Palma. Oh, I did know that, yeah. and that was one of the reasons that first caught my eye. I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, like this. Okay, a De Palma movie I haven't seen. Um, 
But that's cool. Oh, and I meant to tell you too. This is completely off topic, but uh, Takashi McKay's new movie came out. I've I've seen like a trailer or something for it, but it, yeah, First Love. I can't wait. I'm gonna try and watch it in the next couple of days. It did it, did it very release excited. on uh, video on demand or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can. It's on iTunes over here to buy for 15 bucks. So I'm just. I I don't know anything about it, but I'm just gonna buy it anyway. It's Mike. It's, it's gonna be fun. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so my first on the ones, and this one I don't think is super under-talked about, but I still feel like there's a lot of people who maybe haven't seen it, and that is, it's from 2014, Patrick Bryce's uh, Creep, starring Mark Duplass, that movie. And, which I think he helped, uh, he helped write it, and they both star in it. It's actually Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass, yeah. but Creep... I would say is one of the better horror movies of all the 2010s. Like it, it's so unbelievably just gets under your skin in ways that most movies don't. It it works in a in a very special way that like it it just feels it's just so much fun. I don't know. It's it's just creepy all throughout. And Mark Duplass, I love <laughs> right. Mark Duplass, and he's I'm I'm a huge fan of Mark Duplass. Yeah, and he's huge great fan. in this one. <laughs> he's unbelievable, especially as Peach Fuzz when he's standing there by that door <laughs> with the the hat on or the the mask, you know, kind of moving back and forth. But creep, you know, very low budget. It, it really just is two guys throughout the entire movie, and it's found footage. Yes, yes, all found that. footage. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the setup is Mark Duplass hires this videographer to document his last days on Earth. He wants to to leave behind a legacy. So he hires this guy, and then shit just goes crazy from there off the rails. And I really like Creep 2 as well. Like, yeah. both of them are, are, are great movies. But this one, I think just, it was such a cool breath of fresh air in the horror genre. And really proved, you know, you can do a great horror movie... Without a lot of money, there's so many bad found footage movies. Yeah. There's so many terrible ones. And this one, they they really drove home the story aspect of it and the creepiness of the human condition and human nature. Like how creepy people can be Yeah, if, if you let them. And he's just, I mean, so good. And then you get that ending that just caught me so off guard. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like that just happened. I didn't um, expect that ending at all. Yeah. No, I, I didn't at all. And it was, it was just amazing. And the performances by both of them are so good throughout the entire movie. Yes. It's just one that I feel needs to be talked about more and more and more where I know when it first came out, there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, have you seen this? But mostly that was my horror friends. Yeah. You know, it was like, Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And so I don't even remember how I got put onto this movie. But when I finally saw it, then I started saying that. Whereas I feel like it needs to be added to more, you know, like top 10 lists and things yeah. like that. Like it should it, be it really talked about be. much more. It yeah. actually, um, I remember when it came out, like Netflix just came out over here when, when this movie came out. And it was, I'm not sure if it's a complete uh, Netflix original, but it's at least the German release was completely on uh, on Netflix. And I remember watching it the day it came out just because, oh, there's a new horror movie that hasn't been released at all and it's coming out on Netflix right away. At the time, that was something completely new. And yeah. so I just sat down and watched it. I didn't know anything about it. I, I don't think I even knew Mark Duplass back at the, t at the time. Like, that was the first movie I saw him in. And it just, yeah, it, it just completely works. <laughs> Yeah, because I think he did, even before he started doing I don't know if he was acting or writing first. 
But him and his brother, I mean, they write a lot. Yeah. Even stuff that they don't they don't star in. And Mark Duplass is such a I can't remember the name of the movie with him and Ray Romano. But that was a, uh, an amazing movie. Something ball. It was that game they played. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of it right now either. Yeah, but But man, he was so good in that. And that's not a horror movie at all. Yeah. That's uh, you know, he's got cancer and him and Ray Romano are best friends. But it's um, that was. I'm gonna see if I can find that title because I would like to recommend that one as well. Yeah, because it was just, uh, and I think that might was it a Netflix original. It might be. Yeah, I think so. Um, wait, let me see if I can find. Paddleton is the name. Paddleton. Yeah. Yeah. Paddleton. Yeah. Also, something that's even a bit of a uh, of a horror movie uh, recommendation that I just want to throw out there since we're talking about Mark Plus. and that's a movie you should just watch without. Knowing anything about it, just watch the one I love. I'm not sure. Oh if you, yeah, that that movie yeah. is just just watch it, not knowing anything. Just go into it and start it. It's so great. <laughs> oh, it's amazing, man! It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, um, so, all right. So, what do you got for your number two? Yeah, since you uh, just talked about a found footage film, I decided I'm gonna take my found footage film now, and that's not just any found footage film, but actually like one of the first it even came out a year a year or two before um uh, player witch project and that's uh called last broadcast uh from 1989 yeah no okay. 1998 <laughs> that way uh where it's uh, about a, a documentarian trying to uh find out uh about the jersey devil and oh it's, nice it's kind of it's a it's uh very similar in the vein of the uh um uh, the Blair Witch project but in kind of a different way uh, uh especially because we are following the documentarian as he finds out all these things but he always explains them from a voice from the off so he he clearly survived the movie um and yeah it's it's just really interesting and like also made like it's they they're actually uh, looking for someone and he's actually trying to find something out, even though it's all a fictional movie. But it's very much made like a, a low-budget documentary, and it's um, it. I really enjoyed it. It's a bit boring at parts, but it's it's so interesting, especially because it came out a year before the Blair Witch Project, right? And uh, yeah, that's a recommendation for sure. I'm not sure if you've seen it or heard of it. No, I haven't. I just wrote, I'm gonna write down the ones that I haven't seen that you're talking about. So I just wrote it down. <laughs> Uh, last broadcast and the Jersey devil is a really cool lore. You know, the story of Mrs. Leeds and all her kids. And that last kid that came out was a fucking monster and just haunting the, the woods of New Jersey. Um, yeah, the Jersey devil. I always liked that kind of that mythology and that story. So I'll definitely see if I can find it. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'll see if I, you know, it's streaming somewhere or something like yeah. that. I, I actually got it on DVD because I've heard, it's it's one that I also heard about a long time ago and then really wanted to see it because it sounded interesting and then I just found a DVD and was really happy and watched it right away. Nice. And yeah, it's it's not as good as the Blair Witch Project. I just don't want to make any false uh, statements yeah. here. It's it's not, but it's really interesting uh, and I really like it and I think it should be talked about more. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. All right, I'll definitely try and check it out. Uh, my next one I've got up is Wormwood, Road of the Dead. And it's spelled differently. It's W-Y-R-M-W-O-O-D. So it's not yeah. Worm how you traditionally spell it. 
And this was a, I mean, I remember watching it when it first came out and then it kind of didn't get talked about much. I think part of that is that it's a zombie movie and, you know, it's a zombie movie from 2014. We were already so deep into The Walking Dead, everybody else trying to capitalize on that. I think people but were Wormwood. already getting burned out on zombies at that point yeah. a little bit. And that's why this one is um, so different and I think should be talked about more is the tagline on it was Mad Max meets Dawn of the Dead. And that's, and really, that's what it really is. Yeah. yeah. It, it really, you've seen is, this, right? Yeah, I've seen this. I own this. Yeah. yeah. That's really the best description. It's it's a bit low budget, <laughs> but that doesn't really hinder it. And uh, No, no. I thought they did a good job with the zombies and yeah. just the... You know the warring forces. You you often see that in a in a zombie movie where you have you know humans turning against humans, but these are humans in like the crazy Mad Max you know gas masks and yeah. and, and and like weird makeshift armor all over themselves, and then you have a cool zombie um, apocalypse on top of all of that. And you've got this one guy trying to get to his sister. You've got mad scientists who are doing these experiments, um, and you just got this one dude trying to find her. And I won't reveal too much of the plot. I'm trying to stay away from too much of the plot on these ones just because yeah. if you haven't seen it, you know, that was our goal is to talk about movies that maybe people haven't really seen. But I highly recommend this as a cool zombie movie. In the world of zombie movies, this one to me has always stood out. And it's one I've rewatched many times. It's just it's fun. Like it's an action packed, crazy road warrior fucking Dawn of the Dead movie. I mean, that really is the best way to describe yeah, the, it. The description is perfect. And it, it kind of made me... Uh hope that like uh, Mad Max would maybe do a zombie uh, uh, version <laughs> right. or something like because uh, if, if you have this with like the budget of like the last Mad Max movie but the, the story is similar enough that would be like amazing and can you imagine the stunts that they would pull I mean they did some right. cool stunts here and I think it's also Australian right so it's even like from yeah yeah, yeah. it's all on the outback yeah because you had uh, um, there was some like uh Aboriginal people involved as well. They had met up with a couple of them because they were like way out in the bush. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just so cool, man. It's just so cool. It really is. So my next one uh, is uh, The Incident. Or the original title is El Incidente, I guess. It's uh, Spanish or Mexican, I think. Uh, okay. Directed by Isaac Esban. Or Isaac Esban. I don't know. And um, it's... Uh, it's one it's a movie it's basically like a long episode of the twilight zone it's okay it's in, in you piqued my interest what sorry <laughs> i said you piqued my interest yeah. keep going <laughs> yeah it's uh the, the story is pretty simple like the, the setup is pretty simple it's uh, two parallel stories going on one of two brothers and a policeman uh who are trapped in a uh, in a staircase and like the, the doors don't work and they can always go up and down but they'll always end up at the same place it just always goes like it's never ending the, the staircase and they are always ending up at the same like uh, uh place at the same door uh, no matter how long they walk and um then there's this other story of the of a family who is uh, trapped on uh, on a road they're just driving the road never ends and they're just always going on driving and driving and i think okay. i almost want to leave it at that <laughs> okay I wrote it down. I haven't seen it. So, yes, yeah. please do just leave it at that because it sounds... And who'd you say the director was? Uh, he's Isaac Esban. Okay. And he, uh, he also did, like, another one that I was also uh, almost um, uh, 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 recommending here. 
because uh, other than the incident, he also made the similars. That was a year later, uh, which I, I don't fully remember what happens there, but it's about uh, 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 on a rainy night of October, uh, eight characters waiting on a remote bus station for a bus heading to Mexico City. Oh, I watched City. that one. You, I watched that one. Oh, you did? Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that one was cool. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the twist was there, but there's also like some sort of twist in there, right? They always have like I these... think you and I both watched that, and then we had talked about the guy. Was it me and you that... I, I swear we... Because that that was a big one that came out on Netflix, and it was like, holy shit, that was really good. Maybe we did. I, I don't... But yeah, it is it is really good, and the incident is on in the same vein. Like, it's... It's right, and the incident is on uh, Netflix over here right now, so I'll be able to check that out. I'm gonna try and watch it before awesome. they take it off. Yeah, you yeah. you have to see it because I think you it's it really feels like a long Twilight Zone episode with like which is all things yeah. that I like. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, cool, man. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure, and I'll let you know. Yeah, okay, awesome. I'm gonna put a star next, next, next week. To we'll that do one. a follow up episode where we just talk about the movies we recommend. We should, <laughs> yeah, some that maybe we watched that we didn't see before. Even though I think the next few, I know you've seen. Um, so next up for me, and again, this is one kind of like creep that came, and I feel like people talked about a little bit, but to me feel like should really be elevated to a, a higher status that it has and that is Mike Flanagan's Hush from 2016 that's so good yeah that's kind of <sighs> well Mike Flanagan has done uh, uh, lots of uh, big movies recently so it's kind of like getting lost now because this was already like 2009 2016 16 oh wow <laughs> yeah he, he made like I feel like he made like five movies since then. He did, yeah. <laughs> once he once he started moving, that man really took off because he even did the whole uh, Hill House series oh, on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, he did all of that, and he made uh, Gerald's Game. He did Gerald's Game. He did Doctor Sleep. Um, <laughs> I mean, the guy has done a a lot of. And didn't he do? I want to say his first thing was Oculus. Did, was Oculus his first that, thing? That, did he do Oculus? That might be, yeah. Let me see. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look. I'm going to look at his, uh, his director credits. Um, Dr. Sleep, Gerald's Game, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Yep, he did Oculus. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so he, um, he and has he a did uh, Absentia, which was... Absentia was super cool. So, yeah, the guy's got a great track record. And this one is... It's such a cool take on the home invasion movie. You know, we've seen a lot of home invasion movies, and this one is so different and that our lead actress is deaf. The character she's playing is deaf. And it adds a whole nother layer of suspense to the home invasion movie. So he took something, and what I like so much about this, he took something that we know so well. We've seen so many home invasion movies. And he turned it on its head a little bit and added this new element that just opened up a whole new play box or a sandbox to play in. You know, it really gave him the ability to do some cool shit. And I also like that nothing is really held back. Like you get the killer right up front, yeah. like right at the beginning of this thing, you're aware. Okay. This is the guy who's out there doing it. You know, it's not somebody hiding in the shadows or uh, a can falling over in the other room. And it's like, Oh, what was that? Yeah. Because you, know, you can't do that because she doesn't hear. So yeah. That's yeah. That's what, that's what I really enjoyed about this. It was just, it was really cool, man. Really like hush. It's probably still on Netflix. Yeah. I think it's also a Netflix original or something like that. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, so yeah, Very that well movie is uh, is great, and yeah, Mike Flanagan did three movies in 2016: <laughs> Hush, yeah, uh, Ouija, yeah. Origin of Evil, and Before I Wake. 
Just like which in he one did year. good with. Uh, he did good with Ouija Origin of Evil. I think that yeah, um, I've heard that's better than the the first yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, much better than the first one. Much better. Uh, yeah, but he he is a, a working horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, that that's a total recommend for me as well. Uh, the next one I have, I know you have seen this as well because you recommended it to me, and it's one I think we even talked about it on the podcast uh, some time ago. But I just want to recommend it once more. It stains the sand red, the yeah. zombie movie that you told me about, uh, because it's it's simply about a girl in the desert uh, it, during a zombie apocalypse and a zombie that's following her. Right, and and it's so different in that normally during zombie apocalypses we get huge hordes of zombies. Yeah, this is just one woman, one zombie. Yeah, that's it. That, that's <laughs> all we see for basically all the movie. I, I think they attacked at the beginning, and then that's just it. Well, and you get the the attack at the like hangar. Oh, the right. airplane hangar at, at the end, like towards the end. Yeah, yeah, near the end. Yeah. Yeah, true, and yeah, but mostly it's for just the most those part. Two. Yeah, and it's it's so good, and I feel like I've never again they they, they took the you know the traditional zombie idea and kind of added a new element where we never really considered. At least I didn't. Okay, yeah, you can, because I always thought that. Well, I'll just outrun the zombie. You know, we'll yeah. just outrun the zombie. But you, you never think like zombies never have to stop. Yeah, you have to stop to to rest, to eat, to to hydrate, all of that stuff. And it works so well. And the actress, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but she did a great job carrying so much of that on her own. Yeah, especially uh, what what was really surprising for me was that it started with her being uh, like I hated her at the beginning. Like yeah. she was, she was, I, I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm really going to, because I knew the, the plot from you already. So I was like, am I going to be stuck with that girl for the next one and a half hours? But yeah, she, she, uh, uh quickly becomes very lovable and, uh, the, the movie is just, uh, so good. And I feel like other than you, no one has, I've had no yeah. one talk about it. It's very low budget, but really good. I mean, yeah. It, uh, so yeah, that's a good one, man. Solid pick. Very solid pick. Yeah. Uh, my next one up is a movie I've talked about on this show probably 30 times, and which is a weird pick because it's one that got a big theatrical release. Um, it wasn't a low budget thing, but I still think people need to quit sleeping on this movie. It's from 2007, directed by James Wan, Dead Silence. <laughs> oh, Fucking yeah. people, get out there and watch it. It's got... I think even for, you know, I love it so much because of the, the puppet aspect, but I think for people who don't dig into horror movies, say like you or I or other, you know, real big horror fans do, this movie, it just has everything that makes a horror movie work. Like for, you know, a crowd-pleasing horror movie. Yeah. Something that's not too scary, but it has some great scares in it, some cool jump scares, but also some really great set pieces when they're at the old abandoned uh, theater, when, you know, he takes the boat out there and stuff like that. Dead Silence has everything that I think most people want in a horror movie, but when it comes to James Wan, everyone thinks of the other shit. You know, you're Insidiouses and Saws. And, and all furious. of those movies. Yeah, Aquaman. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this one, I just feel like, you know, it kind of got forgotten. It came and it went. And, uh, you know, you're right. Fast and Furious, The Conjuring, all of that stuff is what people tend to talk about more. But this one, I feel, is just, it's really good. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just forgotten in all his uh, filmography. Kind of like with right. uh, Mike Flanagan, where, like... No one talks about Hush anymore because he made so many other movies by right. now and made it so big. 
Uh, and same with uh, with this one. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's it's right sitting there right between like Saw and uh, uh, right, uh, which you know Saw was a world changing uh, film, world changing movie. Uh, the same with uh, The Conjuring and Insidious. They all like when this is I, it is a great movie, but it's not talked about because it's just a good movie. There's yeah, it didn't spawn twenty sequels. It it's <laughs> right just, right. It's just a good movie, and that's not enough, I guess, to be constantly talked about. I guess not. So let's bring it back. Bring back dead silence. Bring <laughs> back dead silence. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, my next one uh, is, uh, I think I've even talked about this one before, but I really, I feel that there should be more talk about it. It's Man Behind the Sun. The Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, you talked about this. So I still haven't seen it. Yeah, this time I'm bringing out all the movies you haven't seen. I know. <laughs> no, but uh, Man Behind the Sun. I I bought that when I went to this uh, film uh, uh, film store the last time I was there when they sold all these movies. I bought the whole uh, the whole box of all the Man Behind the Sun movies, and it's it's just so well done. It's really interesting. It's something that really happened, which adds something really macabre to it. And I just, I I think people should talk about this more, especially because I want to talk about it more, and I need more people that can talk to me about it. <laughs> because yeah, it's it's under scene. Well, it's it's a Japanese eighties movie. Uh, uh, yeah, no one talks about those anyway. <laughs> right. And yeah, it's it's banned over here, so over here, no one's gonna talk about it. And but it now is it. Is this the one that's like super gory and violent and yeah, stuff? It's yeah. It's basically a, a, a Japanese uh, a prison camp where they held the uh, uh, Chinese people and uh, tortured them and, and made uh, uh, and made experiments on them during World War Two, I guess, uh, or after World up. War Two. So it is yeah. really fucked up, but uh, yeah, it's it it makes you think. <laughs> Okay, I've I've got it on my list. I'll see if I can um just like the other one. Okay, the incident is it the man behind the sun or just man behind the sun? Uh, man behind the sun, just right, man behind see. the sun. Yeah, let's see what we can come up with here. <laughs> if it is, oh, here's yeah, the movie 1988. Yeah, um, but I don't see anything for where to watch, so I'll have to see if I can figure that out. See if I can find it. Okay. Well, I got the DVDs. Um, <laughs> so just come right. over here and we'll watch them. <laughs> you got all these fucking weird movies that no one's ever seen, but you haven't seen all the regular movies that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the kind of foundational horror movies that people have seen. Um, <laughs> Who yeah. needs those? It's all good, I though. just take all the weird right. shit. <laughs> right. It's all good. Uh, let's see. Next up for me, I've got a movie from 2015 that I want to say I saw in the theater and it came and it went but it was so fucking good and it's uh the invitation have you seen the invitation yes yeah that's over here also netflix original movie so it came out on netflix over here oh uh, really yeah and i oh, wonder that, if netflix picked it up that's that's another movie that is just oh, so so amazing unsettling so well yeah so unsettling and without giving away too much there's a, a gentleman who gets an invitation to a party um, from his ex-wife. And he's really hesitant to go to this party to begin with. But he ends up going and things become super uncomfortable from there. And then I think the ending is kind of what makes this a horror movie. And I'm not going to really, or um, talk about the ending or reveal the ending. 
But to me, some of the scariest things have always been what humans will do to each other. Yeah. And, you know, I can take Chucky and Freddie and Jason all day long. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. But the shit that gets under my skin is the stuff, you know, like Ty West's uh, The Sacrament, yeah. the, the Jim Jones stuff. That stuff is always really freaky, and this movie plays into that, and it just does it so well and builds the tension to almost a fever pitch yeah. by the time you get to the end. And then you get that really cool, uh, really cool ending that I think just wraps it all up beautifully, and this is one that if you haven't seen it, man, jump on this. Yeah, it, it, it's you have amazing. To watch it. It's it's great. Like I've seen it, and you're, you're talking about all these movies that I kind of just want to rewatch now that we're talking I about know. them. Uh, I know. Now that we're talking about it, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 great. Big recommendation. Uh, the next one on my list is from 2012. It's an Irish movie. I actually got two Irish movies on my list and two Mexican movies, so I'm all over the world. This one is uh, directed by Connor McMahon, and it's called Stitches. About Stitches. Oh, the clown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stitches is awesome. Who who is who is the main actor again? Is it uh it's like it's like some uh some comedian from Ireland, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look. I don't know his name off the but, top of my head. I'm pulling it up. Yeah, um, but he's really good. Uh, Russ Noble is his name, yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah, he's solid. Yeah, so he plays a, a, a clown. Like, he's just like a complete asshole clown that just goes like to, uh, to a birthday party. And there, uh, accidentally, well, kind of accidentally, the kids who are real assholes kill him. Like, <laughs> right. Well, he, he dies by accident, but it's like... You could see why he holds a grudge against them after how he died. Right, and, right. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, because then he holds a grudge on them and comes back, like, 10 years later uh, to the 16th birthday of the boy, who, of course, still has all the same friends he had back then. Right. And, and they're all pieces of shit. And they're all, <laughs> they're all pieces all of shit, yeah. yeah. And, then, and he comes back as, like, a, a, a ghost... And he just kills not not a ghost. I don't know what he exactly is. But he's not a ghost, yeah. But he's, he's got I mean, super he comes clown back as now. yeah. And there's some great gore in this movie, yeah. like some some amazing gore and, and really funny. I mean, this is this is a horror comedy at its finest. Yeah, you know, the, it, it's not just it's not just horror. It's definitely it's horror comedy, almost more comedy with like just a bit <laughs> yeah. of gore, basically. But my, my favorite line of all, because he actually embraces the being a clown. That's often when we get these uh, horror clown movies, they just look creepy because they're clowns. But they don't, they're not doing clown things usually. They're not. Right, right. And he does them all. And like my, my favorite thing of all of them, my, my favorite line is when he says, oh, I think you have a hair in your throat. And then he pulls oh, out yeah. a rabbit out of her, <laughs> out of her right. uh, mouth. And it's like, that. that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> it was i mean it's a great movie and i hadn't seen this until you told me about it oh, you yeah. were like hey you you gotta watch this movie um and i ended up checking it out and just loved every minute of it, it was, it's it's a blast it's, it's just it's lighthearted while being super gory at the same time but you'll be laughing all the way through you, you'll like, have it, a good yeah. time yeah <laughs> yeah ton of fun man good call definitely a good call on stitches uh let's see so next for me I've got a little movie from 2008. I think we might have talked about this. I might have recommended it to you at some point. A Canadian movie called Pool. So it's P-O-N-T-Y-P-O-O-L. Talked about it, but I haven't seen it yet. I've just like heard about it. 
Yeah, and you've got this. So Stephen McCaddy plays the lead. He plays Grant Mazzy in this thing. And he is just, I mean, phenomenal. He carries so much of this movie. And the dude's been in a ton of movies. He's been in a bunch of them. But he carries so much of this movie on his own. Most recently, he was in this um, this uh, Elijah Wood movie I just watched called Come to Daddy, which is also highly recommend that. Yeah, that's <laughs> but in this one, he plays a radio DJ, and the whole movie, for the most part, takes place inside the radio station. So you're getting the reports coming in. He's staying on the air, and so you're figuring out with him this outbreak that is taking place outside the walls of the radio station. It's super cool, like such a clever idea. That's- you know, you're able to save all that budget money by not showing all of the zombies and things like that. And he's got a great voice. Like his voice is absolutely amazing to be, you know, a broadcaster. And so you've got this virus outbreak that's taking place outside. And then again, without revealing too much, how it all plays out. I think it works really well from beginning to end. So highly encourage people to check out Pony Pool. Okay. It's, um, it's, a, it's a ton of fun, man. Yeah. I- and just, a, it's, it's just really well done. I really want to see, see it. it. Like you talked before about it. I, I got to check if it's out anywhere over here so I can watch it because, yeah, it's, it sounds really good. And, yeah, you, you talked about it recently, I think. And, yeah, I wanted to watch it back then. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime, but I think maybe just just a German Durant, version. Maybe? Like just, uh, uh, okay. Uh, that would be tough, too, because his voice is what makes yeah. a lot of that movie so good. Uh, it looks like over here drum. you can just you can rent it. They got it for rent on iTunes. So if anyone listening wanted to, that's the only place it shows for me anyway that it's available. Okay, yeah, but uh, I'm I'm gonna see if I can find it and check it out because yeah, it sounds good. Uh, my next one, I'm going back to uh, Mexico this time to 1964, which is, as far as I know, the very first Mexican horror movie ever made, and that's At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul. Nice. Which is, never even. It's I never even heard of that. You haven't. Oh, it's uh, it's one in the uh, in the Coffin Joe series. I got the whole box. Oh yeah, you told me about him. Yeah, and this is this is the first movie. I mean, the title alone is great. It's yeah. uh, it's a bit of its time for sure. Like I I think I've told this story before, but like there's there's this one scene where uh where he talks to someone and and they're like oh, you're gonna eat meat on the holy day it's sunday you can't eat meat today and then he says i'm gonna eat meat even if it's gonna be human meat and then uh, <laughs> later on later on we see him like sitting somewhere and eating meat while the while the priest walks by and he just looks in disgust the priest and uh, it's it's kind of funny in parts but it's also it has something uh, special about it. And yeah, I think it's... Is this the one? Yeah, exactly. It's about Coffin Joe uh, who tries to... Uh, uh, in his town to find the right woman uh, to bear him a child. That's like his whole okay. plan. And so he also like uh, 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 captures all these women and uh, uh, tortures them for some reason with spiders and everything to find the right one to then impregnate. And yeah. And... Uh, if if you can have enough of that, I also can just add right uh, after that uh, he made uh, this night I'll possess your corpse. Those titles are just <laughs> great, and uh, it's it's all by the same uh, director Jose Mojica Marins, who also okay. who also is uh, the lead actor. He also plays Coffin Joe, and the writer like he he's all in this project. It's his baby basically, and yeah, it's oh uh, this looks like the whole thing is on. 
um, YouTube, but I don't know if it's got subtitles or not. Oh, I, I think there was a subtitled version of, on YouTube for sure. Okay. But yeah, cool, it's, I'll write that down it's one I I'd recommend for sure. Cool, man. Yeah, and he I like made, this. Like, I'm, a, a I'm making a list more. of they're, they're all I'm making like, a list of stuff to one, watch The first here. one is completely in black and white. The second one has a point where he um he goes to hell and then we get like a color scene in hell. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's really good. It's worth checking out. All right, I've got it. Uh, I even wrote down YouTube next to it so I know where to find it. Um, my next one comes from, this is a comedy horror. It is from 1987, directed by James M. Moreau as Jim Moreau. It says at the time, this is one I came across a couple years ago, and it is 80s horror at its absolute fucking finest. Like the ridiculous, just nonsense horror, street trash. Have you ever seen Street Trash? No, but I've heard of it recently, <laughs> and I've heard that it's crazy. It's fucking, it's fucking awesome. Um, so this liquor store, this guy who runs a liquor store, ends up selling a bunch of booze to homeless people that has like toxic sludge in it, and it just turns them into raving lunatics. So it's, I mean, there's a lot of people who say this movie is super offensive because, you know, you're saying, well, all these homeless people, you're pretty much just portraying them as, <laughs> as, um, you know, maniacs. But this, you, if you get past that, the actual movie itself is just so much fun. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's gory. It's, it's so much of what I want in 80s horror. You know, it's kind of like Chopping Mall. <laughs> Or stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's really, really ridiculous. Um, yeah, so he um, sells it to him because it's super cheap. And they, I want to say some of them, um, after they drink it, even start to melt away. Like you get these great, like, melting sequences. <laughs> and uh, so then you, you know, you've got all of these, all of these homeless people, some are melting, some are not, kind of fighting, warring against each other. It's just, it's a ton of fun, man. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, that so, sounds amazing. Yeah. So if you can if you can find it anywhere to watch it, Street Trash. I want to say for me it was on Prime. Okay. Is it but let uh, me look. Is it very gory? Because okay, it's not streaming over here at all. So I'll I, I don't know if it's super gory. Because I, I gotta um, see if it's banned over here because that would make it a bit harder to find. I, I've never heard of it other than uh, I think in one other podcast they talked about it and now you bring it up as well. So yeah, uh, yeah but that's the kind of movies you want to talk about, right? That people haven't right. heard of. So that's perfect. It's not gory in the traditional sense. I don't remember a lot of blood, but like melty, you know, different colors like ooze, like bright yellow and bright blue. Um, and then you got this awesome sequence where I, I won't even tell you okay, i won't even yeah. tell you just uh, i will check it out uh i just found out it is banned over here so <laughs> boo yeah you, you should have told me about this yesterday then i could have uh looked for it at the at the place i was right but, oh, that's so weird too because i just typed in um street trash movie stream to see if i could find it anywhere and the first thing that came up was deutsch <laughs> street trash so people in uh German, they want to watch this, man. They want to. <laughs> yeah, we now do. it looks like. Well, this says, um, but it does say no. It's so over here. It's on Shutter. Oh, okay. I did find it on Shutter. That sucks though that you can't get that because if you can find a you know Blu-ray or DVD copy, I do recommend grabbing it. Yeah. You won't be mad. <laughs> I will, will do next time I I see one. I will buy it right away. 
Uh, my next one is from 1973. Uh, uh, Directed by Douglas Hickox, and it's one of the, uh, I think, lesser talked about Vincent Price movies. It's later in his career, but it's uh, Theater of Blood. I don't. Oh, yeah. That, that's like Theater what I Blood feel like awesome. people are not talking about as much as like the others. Uh, and uh, it's, it's so much fun because it's Vincent Price. Uh, he's a, um, a Shakespearean actor, I think, in a, in a theater, and he doesn't get. Uh, a big prize and so he decides to kill all his critics in shakespearean ways <laughs> right and it's it's so much fun and vince it's vincent price at his best like he's going completely out there being like as maniacally as he can and uh, it's yeah theater of blood is a ton of fun yeah. it really is price doing and i'm you know i'm a sucker for shakespeare i love shakespeare stuff so that movie's always been held a very warm place in my heart It's just, it's, it's crazy the way he kills all these people off, um, the different costumes and things like that, the set pieces. It just, if you haven't watched old Vincent Price, that's a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's maybe one of his best, really. So he, he made lots of movies and lots of really good ones, but this is one I like the most, I think. One of those that I like yeah. really. It's cool, like. man. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've what do we got? Three left. Okay, um, I have two more. So that's that's. Oh okay. yeah, because you started that. That makes sense. Um, so next up for me, I've got 2006's uh, directed by William Friedkin, a name we know very well. Um, from 2006, Bug. So it's Ashley Judd, Michael Shannon, Harry Connick Jr. The movie. Have you seen Bug? No, I feel like you. Did you talk about that recently to me? Because I feel Probably. like I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. No. Yeah. Bug is, it's super just insane. Like you've got, it's so disturbing. So you've got Michael Shannon plays this, um, like a war vet who meets up with Ashley Judd and he's, I don't even want to say too much. I don't want to say anything because I feel like I'm going to give it away, but The movie is so tense and so uncomfortable throughout all of it. And what I will say is body horror. So, you know, if you're a Cronenberg fan, um, this definitely has elements of that. And just, I mean, you're talking about some great acting talent as yeah, well. Yeah, Michael, I mean, Michael Shannon is always great. Yeah, and Ashley Judd, you know, she always carries her own. She's, she's a great actress. And then Harry Connick Jr., even though he usually plays supporting type roles, the dude's good, really good. Uh, but I would highly recommend Bug. And I don't know if, again, I should be pulling these up as I'm talking about them to see if it's streaming anywhere. But this was a big one. You know, it had a, a big release. It's not like it's hard to find. Yeah. Super obscure. Uh, yeah, right now it looks like it's on Hulu with a subscription. It's on Vudu, Google Play, uh, iTunes. You can rent it in all of those places. It's, um, but man, is it, it's really, really fucking uncomfortable, but super good. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find it. It looks like it's streaming. Uh, I'm I'm gonna look into that because I put it on my watch list. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it. That sounds really interesting. Uh, yeah, my uh, next one is another Irish one from uh, 2012, directed by John Wright. It's Grabbers, which is like probably I think you've told me about most this before. Irish horror movie. <laughs> And I have not seen this. Have you heard of it? It's. Uh, I want to say you told me about it. It's uh, basically it's it's the most Irish horror movie you can make. It's about an alien invasion, and these aliens um, uh, uh, 
can't kill you if you have alcohol in your blood. So, <laughs> yeah, and this is in Ireland, like a bit in, in a town, like a bit, uh, uh, not right in in, the, in Dublin or something. No, it's it's like this, this how you would imagine, like a, a pub in Ireland. And that's yeah. where the, the big finale then is when they all run there. And I think it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think like they don't even tell... Um, tell the others that there's an alien invasion they they want to just uh, kind of fight them and then get rid of them so uh they just make everyone stay at the pub and get drunk and don't tell them why and nice it's, it's really it's it's just so much fun and yeah and it's um it's on hulu over here oh that's good yeah so i might try and check it out there see if i can um See if I can watch it sometime this week or something like that. Because it does sound fun, and the poster was cool. Yeah, the poster I just looked is up cool. The, uh, the, the creatures look pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's big recommendation. Awesome, <laughs> nice. All right, so I've got that one written down. Uh, my next one is one that I've mentioned a few times, but I still feel it still doesn't get the love it deserves. This is probably one of my favorite horror movies of the two thousands. It was right at the end of the two thousands, and. It's uh, Ty West, House of the Devil, from 2009. That is It good. is, yeah, it is super creepy and a throwback to the Satanic Panic movies, you know, of the late 70s, early 80s. Um, Jocelyn Donahue just carries this thing on her shoulders. She's phenomenal. You get some great gore in there, and I love it that... You know, I don't think I'm spoiling. Well, I might be. I'm not going to say how the whole thing plays out at the end. Um, and Tom Noonan is super creepy. Yeah. I love Tom Noonan. And in this movie, he does a great job. So the the basic plot is you've got Jocelyn Donahue in the early 80s. She's a college student. She's struggling to make ends meet. She wants to get into this apartment, but doesn't have the down payment. She finds a ad like a hanging on the wall, kind of, a, you know, um, like take a number and call this number. And she calls for a babysitting job, and she finds out, though, she's going to be staying in a house just looking over an invalid mother yeah. of Tom Noonan. And where it goes from there, I think, is just so good. Yes. They did such a great job with it. The music, fantastic all the way through. Ty West, I'm just a big fan in general. I haven't watched any of his movies yet where I'm like, oh, that was a bummer. Yeah. Like, the guy just has a, he's one of the kind of the, your more modern horror masters, I would say. Yeah, he's. Because the dude, uh, he, he, he really comes gets from it. the mumblecore genre. He, he uh, yeah. started, like, he's friends with, uh, what's the other guy who made Your Next? Uh, oh, uh, Joe, yeah. Uh, Joe something? I'd but, have to look. Yeah, but uh, they, they are all like this, this big group of, of horror filmmakers who started out together. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he is really good, and yeah, he's one. I I'll watch anything he he makes. Yeah, anything because. he does, I'm all I'm all for it, all for it. So House of the Devil, hundred oh, percent, jump on that thing. Guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh yeah okay, so House of the Devil, yeah, it's it's great. I think that's one that, I think it might have been on one of those uh, top one hundred horror movie lists. But I watched it just not too long ago because you told me I should watch it for sure that it would that it was great. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. So my last one uh, is a movie uh, from 2013, directed by Randy Moore, and it's called Escape from Tomorrow. Which uh, hmm. this one is maybe not. It, it's not a great movie, but I think it's just so interesting because uh, it's a horror movie, completely 
shot and set at Disneyland. And oh yes, yes, I remember seeing. It. It's like got the hand of like Mickey with some yeah, exactly, blood or something blood on, on it. it. Yeah, it's uh, it's completely set and shot at Disneyland, and they didn't have any. Uh, they they weren't allowed to shoot it there. They just like had uh, hidden cameras and just like uh, kind of shot it uh, without anyone noticing. And nice. The the problem is with the movie that there there are many scenes where you can clearly see okay this was shot uh, somewhere else this was shot on a green screen or something but they made yeah. many scenes that they shot in Disneyland and it's it's a fun story about uh, I think some machines going rogue or something I don't fully remember it's another one that I have to rewatch but it's a movie that I've heard talk about but only like one person talked about it and no one else. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah, and it's Disney didn't. Uh, well, it's kind of good that it's not to, uh, as much talked about because I guess Disney would sue them. And uh, oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but because I I think uh, because Disney, if Disney would sue them, that would just make more people want to watch the movie. Right. And it would just boost it up. So they're kind of winning either way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I'll have to check that one out. I wrote it down on my list. Yeah, you gave me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of your ten <laughs> are stuff that I need to watch, so I'm excited about. Um, all right, so the last one on my list. This is one that I feel after I watched it, I tried to talk to people about it. It came and it went. Um, and I feel of all the things that I listed, this is the most under-talked-about movie and it's from 2016. It's out of the UK. It's called The Transfiguration. Yeah, I Have think, you ever heard of this? I, I think you've told me about this, but I haven't watched it yet. No. I've been trying to tell everybody about yeah. it. It's um, The Transfiguration is probably the most original, if not ambiguous, vampire movie I've ever seen. Okay. It is so bizarre it's one that i need to rewatch again soon because i feel like even the stuff i can remember there's little things in there where i'm not really sure what was happening and what wasn't so you've got this boy in the uk this young boy he's like a teenager and right away you think okay is this kid a vampire or is he not a vampire like I want to say the movie opens with him like drinking blood out of somebody. <laughs> and but he also lives in a world where all of the vampire movies we know exist. Like he he sits and watches Nosferatu and Near Dark. Like he's obsessed with it. He's got a little notebook where he writes down like rules for being a vampire. <laughs> but then you'll see sometimes he'll he'll drink someone's blood and it'll make him sick. Like he'll he'll start puking and things like that. And I'm going to leave it right at that because there's so much of this movie you kind of got to discover on your own. And I don't want to spoil anything, especially once it gets to the ending. But throughout, he develops a friendship with this um, girl who's kind of equally an outcast in the world. So they're both kind of like this kid gets picked on and shit like it's beat up by bullies. Um, it's a just a, a such a unique i mean it really is a unique voice in the world of vampires something i'd never seen before and haven't seen since okay. so i want to encourage people to watch the transfiguration it's so man it's good yeah just and so different i just looked it up again it's not streaming over here at all so i gotta see where i can find it but i really want to see it it sounds good yeah check it out as soon as you get a chance man and uh, the last one, one honorable mention I wanted to make sure I put on here was Hell House LLC. <laughs> Hell House LLC, that first one is 
an amazing found footage horror movie in a world of not amazing found footage horror movies. That one really gets it right, but I feel like, and the, you had two sequels that were not good at all. Yeah. So I feel like people sometimes dismiss that first one, but I do want to encourage people to watch that as well. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, uh, by right. the way, since you uh, since you just talked about Hellhouse LLC, I kind of had to think of Terrifier, and I have just one yes. little story from uh, from yesterday. Uh, there there were lots of places where they had like big DVDs of like uh, or Blu-rays of Terrifier. And then when you looked uh, closer, it said Terrifier and then a little beginning and then All Hallows Eve. So they ah. made like these big boxes <laughs> that, that looked like the Terrifier logo, you know, with, with yeah. uh, Art the Clown on the cover. And it said Terrifier, beginning <laughs> uh, All Hallows Eve, which is also a fun movie, but it's no Terrifier. But it's not as, no, it's nowhere near as good as Terrifier. Man, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that's... That's awful to do that to someone. Yeah. Um, so we want to hear from you, though, as well. You know, what are some movies you think aren't talked about quite as much? Horror movies that you think people should talk about more? And especially for us, if there's stuff that you got that you think should be talked about more, I'd love to see people's list and yeah. add that to the stuff that you just gave me. So you can email us, ihohpodcast at gmail.com. On all the social media platforms, it's at IHOH Podcast. So drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Um, and yeah, shoot us some of those recommendations, man. I want to know what other people, maybe some little horror hidden gems that we haven't heard of yet. Yeah, that would be great. Please send it to us. <laughs> yeah. And if you jump onto Apple Podcasts, leave a rate and review. Be greatly appreciated. And for the International House of Horrors Podcast, I've been Joe Merle. And I've been Josh. And we'll be back next week with more things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre.